like I remember I'll, another thing that really sticks out to me is I went to one therapy session in my four years of college and it was it was one therapy session so it was like what's your name you know it's it's not like you're able to gain any sort of ground you know it was an hour it was one hour with a, a stranger I had no idea so y'all were talking childhood trauma in that one session yeah There's another side to good health, and that's good mental health. Hey y'all, it's Brad, and welcome to another session of Group Golf Therapy. This one with Liz Breed, uh, I'm so excited for you to listen to as we hilariously unpack what it's like to be a former D1 golfer, not just any D1, the University of Kentucky, LPGA player, Symmetric Torque winner, and now as the assistant pro at Seaway and Country Club, we get to peel back the curtain and find out what it's like to actually work in this industry as a woman. And we appreciate Liz for coming on and sharing with us what all of that is like. Y'all, hit them straight and mind your golf. Liz, you're joining us from Brooklyn, is that right? Yeah, yeah. So I live in Bed-Stuy. Um, so... If, uh, if you guys have spent a lot of time in Brooklyn, Bed-Stuy is the neighborhood that has a lot of the old, like, brownstones. It's very, like, when you think of, like, a New York street, you think of all the brownstones with the big trees hanging over. And, um, yeah, that's where we live. It's pretty, um, it's pretty cool. When I think of Bed-Stuy, I think about that time I got stuck up. Like, I mean... Right outside of Bodega. Honestly, it's like... <laughs> Man, I don't know, especially at especially at my work, people will be like, Oh my god, you live in bed stuy? Do you walk around at night? What do you do? Like it's just you know, it's one of those it's definitely one of those neighborhoods that like you if you don't give into your community and you don't like support it, they will find your ass and they will they will clock you one hundred percent. Um they will chew we you spit you out. I mean, it's pretty, it's pretty, yeah, it's pretty great. Our, uh, so like, counter to us across the street, our neighbor, the one day I was trying to park my car, so I just park on the street, and um, I, I needed, I need, you know what, materials, objects, they're just materials. A side mirror, who needs it? You know, if it gets blown <laughs> off, who needs it? But, um, so I was trying to park my car and I needed like four more inches. Like I was, I was cutting it very close. So my neighbor across the street was like, are you good? Like, do you need help? And I was like, yeah, I think so. So instead of like, I thought he was going to like, you know, help me park my car. Instead, he walks away, finds the person. I have no idea how finds the person who parked right in front of me and was like, get the fuck out of here. You don't even live in this fucking neighborhood. She lives right across the street. I was just sitting in my car like, <laughs> this is New York. I was just like, this is Thank you. amazing. Yeah. <laughs> but it's definitely those kinds of neighborhoods that like you clean up yourself, you help your neighbor. And if you don't, hmm. you might, you might get your ass beat, but like, yeah, you might, you might, uh, but it's, yeah, it's a wonderful spot. And so judging by the impression that you 
flawlessly performed of uh, people at, at your work. I'm guessing Swanky Country Club. What's the layout? What's the situation there? Yeah, it is. I mean, it's definitely so it's gone through a recent change. So it used to be a member owned club and it recently became privately owned. And then it also um, absorbed a country club that unfortunately closed. So it depends on which membership, you know, like which group of members you ask. If you ask the, you know, OG Seaway members, they get a much different, you know, like they are used to a different type of club. Let's, you know what I'm saying? Like, mm-hmm. and then the newer, the newer members, you know, hoof, hoof, newer members, um, the club that they came from was definitely a little bit more casual. So they're more used to like a laid back style of country club. So it's an interesting crowd. It's, you know, our, our uh, average age for our members of, pretty old it's also a jewish club so it's an older jewish membership but then it's like you have some of these younger members that are like mid-30s 40 and so it's you know it's a lot of families it's a lot of um like blood and marriage relatives Mm. so Hmm. trying to keep track of like who's related to who and how they're related Mm -hmm. to who is really interesting but I wouldn't say it's swanky per se. It just, you know, it depends on which membership you ask. The OG Seaway members are a little bit more like, you're not wearing swanky? But, Hmm. yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Is there a a clash between the the new Vorish and the the old money? uh, Oh, it's amazing, too. It's amazing. I love... Oh, look, I'll be the first to admit it. I love the goss. I live for the goss. Yes. It's amazing. Spell and I'm tea. always... I Can Spell I tell it. you? There have yes. been... It's golf I, safe space. <laughs> say it. There... I think I have that face that people think that they can trust. But I'm always... <laughs> I'm always sitting Operative there being like... <laughs> I'm literally... Tell me their shit, and I'm like, I'm gonna tell at least like ten people I'm, this I'm, same I'm li- story. I'm live tweeting this right now as we're talking. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so um, in that case, at Doris Fine. No, I'm just kidding. Um, she's Doris. literally like, she's literally like 96 years old. But anyway, come um, on the pod, Doris. Oh, come on the pod. At me, at me, Doris. Um, you know, it's there's definitely a clash for sure. I mean. When, especially, you know, the thing that I, I've never worked at a Jewish club, I've never spent this amount of time at a Jewish club. So a lot of our members don't really like drink a lot. They don't really party a lot, which is like country club. That's what you think. Like when you think mm-hmm. men, men's member guests, do you think of like oh, a shit yeah. show, people mm-hmm. just getting wasted, somebody, mm-hmm. but that is not the case. They Like our membership just wants to have a, a nice meal and then they want to go play golf. They play golf with the same group of people almost every day. And it's almost always the relatives. And then they're at it again every day. So it's like, that's really wholesome. You know, that sounds it, like a dream. Honestly, it is really wholesome. Like you don't have to worry about, well, that's not true. There are definitely still some creepos, but like, mm. you know, it's, it's not the same. Like, I don't know. It's, it's definitely, mm, it's definitely one of the easier memberships that I've dealt with in terms of like, 
the uh what's the word the hooting and hollering is the scientific term mm, but mm. um you know so mm. but yes there's definitely a clash it's always like the there's gail that bitch you know like that kind of stuff <laughs> it's amazing she is well gail i mean yeah <laughs> but yeah. Um, would you say that um i mean you you alluded to you know hooting and hollering what's um as the assistant pro there though you you think you're respected honestly well yes i do i think that i'm i think that i am very well liked um and i do enjoy my position drum roll drum roll but but i do you know like i i think in a broader sense than just me i think the assistant golf professional position is immensely messed up and i think it's a bad construct in general like i think it's from the top i think it's just a terrible role i think that i'm great <laughs> like I, I you know i think that um let's ask gail let's ask honestly we have two Quick gales pull. and it depends which gale you ask it depends the gales. No, i'm kidding um but I do think the membership really enjoys me. It's a very, like, again, one of the things that I didn't really expect. I mean, I didn't, you know, I try not to have any, you know, expectations when I do a lot of things, but I truly did not know what I was getting myself into in terms of teaching. Like if I, if I opened my lesson book from six in the morning until now, I would be booked and busy and mm. It's wonderful, but you know, uh, like you guys are in golf, you know that like when people, you know, when you teach or like when you, when people seek instruction from you, it's not always to actually get better at golf, mm -hmm. you know, mm -hmm. it's either, it's either like a, Hey, just listen to me talk kind of thing, which is fine. You know, I'm here for it. Or it's like a, just tell me that I'm great sort of thing. Like not, or like, don't change me too much. Like don't, you know, so that was one of the things that I definitely had to get used to, but all in all, you know, I always tell my membership, like if I, if I do a poor job, just give me, just let me know, like give me some sort of constructive criticism and I'm happy to, you know, fix it. But if you're going to be a twat to me, like, you know, nothing's going to change, you know? And, mm -hmm. So I, I try to, I really try to do my best to level with our membership, regardless of if they, I don't want to say regardless of if they respect me or not, but they like me or not. I mean, I think I, I think I am respected. Plus it's also, you know, like if I'm in this kind of position, you know, it's, it's unfortunately it can be like a, like a, you know, a high, a high bar that's set like a high, you know, cause you're not one in a million dudes that do this. So, um, you're yeah, also not I mean, 60. I, I'm not, although some mornings, well, honestly, when I was trying to figure out this shit, I was like, I'm not 60, baby. I'm fucking 160. <laughs> <laughs> living in the damn, I'm living in the plague era over here. But yeah, I mean, I definitely think that, uh, my membership respects me and that I'm, I add a little bit of, oh, something different for them. I mean, Jesus, you know, I couldn't imagine being 90 years old and having to figure out how to make a tea time via an app now or like, 
you know, mm. so I just, you know, you just always try to be kind to your members and, and just hope that they return it back sometimes. And hey, if they don't, they don't. Then as soon as you turn around, I just, you know, give you one of these from behind your back. <laughs> That's right. You mentioned <laughs> the, uh, the institutional problems that, that face all assistant golf professionals yeah. at country clubs. The, the club mm-hmm. that I worked at for six years worked at independently contracted out as a caddy um the in the assistant pros were not treated well uh you know one of them slept above the pro shop um yeah in a rickety cot and ate food that was given to them in hotel pans from the kitchen and Mm -hmm. it was not a glamorous situation there um what do you think should change in in the institutional hierarchy at uh country clubs for sure so let me let me backtrack just a touch i do have housing and things like that Hmm. the my fellow assistant that lives in the housing i know has a much different experience than i do i mean i live in my home you know it's like i i commute to work it's a half an hour you know it's not it's not crazy but i do know that you know they're campus housing is some hot bullshit and um there's just no like the thing that's that's really terrible for them is that no one actually checks in on them so you know it's like what a it's so okay what i think is wrong with the whole program in general or the whole position in general is that it's not, there's no accountability, like there's no structure, you know? So, so many times you are just expected, like somebody just expects you to be there for 12 hours a day, minimum of 10 period, upwards of 14, if not more. And no one tells you otherwise, there's no, there's no structure. So nobody provides you a nine to five or a an eight hour work shift, you're just expected to be there during the daylight hours. Um, so I think that's rule number or, you know, bad thing. Number one. And number two, I think it's just this whole like echelon of people that you're working with, you know, this whole, this whole, you have to pay an, an extreme amount of money to be a member somewhere. And, that doesn't always come with graciousness when it comes to employees. And I, you know, I, I, it always boils down to the lowest paid employee at any facility, like any golf course, the lowest end of the pay scale gets the worst treatment always. Mm -hmm. So it's like, for us, it's our bag staff. Our bag room staff gets lit the fuck up all the time my clubs aren't clean my head cover is on the wrong my seven hybrid is on my eight hybrid what is this like this is ridiculous and you know it's it's like i think there's just such a strange expectation that's put on people that don't make a lot of money (laughs) like you know so many times assistant professional roles will start in the mid like 20 like like twenties to thirties in the, in a salary. And that's pre like lesson books and things like that. But it's like, 
like like my brother is a is a uh, head professional in West Virginia. When he started at his club, his starting salary as the first assistant was twenty six thousand dollars. He worked like seventy hours a week. Like it's you know it's it's just such a weird um, expectation that's both like tied into you know lack of structure and members just thinking like you're at my disposal you know i'm here um and then three i think it's just like i think this is maybe more like part a of of one is that no one really sticks up for the golf professionals you know like there's no no one has ever said in my experience like even with me and with my other friends that are in similar roles as i am no one ever like throws you a damn bone. Like no one ever says like, you know what? Yeah, you deserve time off or like, you know what? Go home early or, you know, whatever. Like no one's really looking out. And, you know, oftentimes there's no health insurance, like even things like that, no health insurance, no 401k. I have health insurance, but it's only because I'm a year round employee. I'm a salaried employee. That was what I uh, negotiated for. So like if you're, if you're seasonal, Sorry, like you don't get anything. It's insane, no you know, and yeah, yeah, it's it's pretty brutal. And even me, I don't have a 401k through my job, but I am there more often than I am not there, you know? And I think, I mean, I honestly, I think structure is the big one. And then, you know, just selling your soul to this whole idea of being a wealthy person and serving the wealthy. Yeah. Uh, Excuse my naivete. Um, <clears throat> why are uh, employees sleeping at their places of employment? Because it's like, like this is a big incentive to come work for us. You can live in the barn that is attached to the halfway house, but you can only you can pay twenty five bucks a month to live there. It's just like a. You know, because like a lot of times, the, uh, it perpetuates the seasonality of that type of employment too. If, if folks are moving from the Northeast in the summer down to Florida in the winter, it's a pretty uh, enticing offer to say, "We're you know what, we're going to take care of your housing for the season that you're here. Um, yeah, we'll pay you twenty five dollars an hour, and then uh, no benefits, and then you can fuck off in the winter." Correct. And, um, it, and then we'll see you next right. year. <laughs> right. Well, exactly. and, you, we know you'll come back. Right. And, you know, like the, the, the housing thing, like even me, I did that too. So I was living in Columbus. My partner and I were living in Columbus and I had started interviewing for the job and I was like, oh, that was like one of the first things they told me about this elusive housing. And I was like, okay. So I had in my previous life when I was playing full time, one, I was practicing at this course in Naples. It's called Mediterra. It's, it's beautiful. It's gorgeous. And the employees there had apartments in an apartment complex. It was great. You know, it's like, it makes sense. Okay. Employing housing, you can live off campus in an apartment, you pay a discounted rate, everything is great. And so I was thinking that like, that was what I was familiar with. And then when I toured the campus, the club that I currently work at, um, I saw what they were. People don't even have a damn stove. Like you have to cook, you have a communal bathroom. People will, you have no, like your room is like, 
you're sleeping on a twin bed in a room that's maybe 10 feet wide. It's like, you know, it's, yeah. it's, there's no comfort to it whatsoever. And some people, there are, there are married couples that live in there because they come from, you know, it's like two people came from Florida. They're a husband and wife and they have to live in a student house or at a student housing, um, employee housing that I don't even think two people could stand, you know, with their arms stretched out and fit. Wow. And, and I, you know, speaking from my experience of, of seeing an assistant pro live in that kind of environment as well, I think it's calculated too in the fact that oh, if yeah. we give it's you leverage, an apartment, for sure. if we give you an apartment that is squalorly, you're going to want to be out of that apartment as much as possible. Work being in the pro shop out teaching lessons seems like a pretty good alternative to oh i have nothing better to do exactly you know it's like and and so so many of the people that i work with are they don't live in new york city so it's it's different like they're not from new york city or they're like a 17 year old that's from long island or you know or something like that so you know it's not like like my 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 club is an hour and a half on a good day from downtown. So it's not like people can just say like, Oh, on my day off, I'm going to go hang out in New York city or like, you know, not everybody has car. Not everybody has a way to get two miles to the train stop that can take them downtown, you know? So it's just, it's, it's such a weird, it's definitely leverage for sure. And it's definitely Connor, like you said, it's definitely an incentive to be like, well, we know you're not doing anything else. So you may as well just, you know, give a lesson at seven in the morning. You're not doing anything. Um, so also excuse my ignorance on this topic. Um, this definitely seems like, like almost like a, like an internship. Um, what, what is the, what is the end goal for people that are doing this? Is it to become a full-time teaching pro general manager where 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 do you go from this like seasonal temporary role like because or do yeah. some people do this for for a while so i um i want to teach full-time um i saw this meme a few weeks ago that it was like do you have a passion or have you turned it into capitalism yet and i was like oh my god <laughs> Like I've been, seen. I've been seen as fuck, like red flashing lights. That's me. But so like, for me, I want to teach. Um, my other assistant is currently in his PGA program. Mm. So part of the requirements for his education, which like, I think the PGA program is a big hop of fucking shit, but separate conversation that we'll probably get to. This but... is safe space. Golf safe space. <laughs> TM. Oh. Now I'm really sweating, but, um, so, so my assistant, uh, my, the other assistant there, he's going through his education. So he has to work at a club for at least three years as part of his education. Uh, We do have interns. So we do have, you know, seasonal employees that come in, you know, it's, it's part of their education as well. They're doing it in their undergrads at school. Whereas my, uh, the other assistant is doing it. He's doing the PGA from home for me. I'm not fucking PGA. I have no fucking, I got a, my undergrad degree is in fucking broadcast journalism. 
you know, I think like for me, I am, I'm using this as a way to get teaching experience and yeah, I mean, ultimately put it on my resume and say, okay, how can I be a director of instruction somewhere? How can I, how can I teach at a, in my fucking backyard in, you know, and, and make that lucrative for myself, you know, it's like, it's different too, like when you're in a place like New York versus like, you know, if I, even back in Columbus, like there are indoor facilities here, left, right, up and down, you know, and it's between like places like five iron. I mean, there's, there's three five irons in Manhattan that are all within five miles of each other. Like there's, Mm -hmm. there's two places here in Brooklyn. There's the turn there's, you know, there's a million indoor facilities. So it's like, you know, I think teaching is the thing that everybody wants to do, but it's, you know, it's like anything. It's, it's hard to separate yourself in a lot of ways to, to, to get down to the final answer for that question though, Drew, I think a lot of people do it just to, well, I've been in golf for so long, so I may as well just keep doing it and bam, all of a sudden you think your only option is to do the PGA program and then you become a head professional. And then if you're good, maybe you become a director of golf. You know, I think like, you know, being a really good head professional is really hard to do. Being a head golf professional is not necessarily hard to do. You know, it's, it's like, you know, I don't know how many times I have met head golf professionals that don't give a fuck about growing the game. They don't care because they're overworked and underpaid. You know, it's, it's such a like cycle. Um, And then you have really awesome, you know, like directors of golf and head professionals that change your life and that change your perspective on the whole thing. So I think there are a lot of avenues to take. You know, I don't necessarily think people go into the business saying like, I'm going to be a bajillionaire. I definitely don't think that. (laughs) Do you come across any of those professionals, coaches, uh, golf support folks at UK? I swear to God, there are two fan bases that you, I, Ooh, I will, I could be in fucking Bali and somebody would be like, Oh yeah, go cats. And OSU, <laughs> Ohio state and Kentucky have fans mm-hmm. everywhere. Or it's like my cousin's sister went there. Oh, well, that would be their cousin still. <laughs> like, you know, it's, there's all, Oh my God. There's always a connection to UK. It's insane. It's it, like, it's, it's such a like it's such it's the quickest way to bond with somebody is to say like it's kind of like with golf saying like oh yeah i play golf are we best friends like mm-hmm. oh you're like a when you see, a, see somebody with a titleist hat at target oh like, my god oh. you just like lock eyes and you're like oh. yeah. we wobble. <laughs> wobble right yeah, yeah. it's like hey what's your what's your handicap like and just to set the record entirely straight you played golf at the university of kentucky you're a good player and subsequently professionally. So, um, I'm very talented. No question, yes. I guess. Very talented. Right. No <laughs> Undisputed. Undisputed. You went to UK during 
the John Wall Boogie Cousins years old. Like, so, like, like it wasn't just like any honestly, like. Okay. Yeah. So so I okay. First of all, for I'm for for basketball fans. Yeah, okay. for for those who follow this podcast or listen to this podcast, yeah. don't know who these people are. They are very good basketball players. They they are in the it's National right Basketball right. Association. Um, that's so, like <laughs> right out of the gate. I actually so John Wall and Demarcus were there my senior year of high school, but. Yes, I miss them by a motherfucking year. But I did go to school with Anthony Davis. Fresh I on. did go to school with uh, Nerlens Noel. I did go to school with uh, uh, a lot of other really good players. So y'all uh, made I, deep I, runs with still during your tutelage. We, I was I was there for the undefeated team that lost in the final. <laughs> they didn't. I was bring that up, Liz. Yeah, they were thirty-two and one. I wasn't gonna bring that up. Yeah. So, um, but I will say, I, I distinctly remember, so I um, went to, so see, now junior year of high school, I, you know, I was the shit, famously, I was the shit. And um, I was there for my official visit. So that's like, when they can, when basically, essentially when the university can pay for stuff, like the NCAA allows you to do, I think it's like four or five unless it's changed. I went to school like 10 years ago, so it might be different. But um, so for my official visit, we went to a basketball game and it was UK against UNC at Rupp when John and Demarcus were playing. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. 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 Bye. So you saw saw some kids in basketball. I I just yeeted my microphone. I I told the coach who subsequently got fired because she was a fucking crazy she was she will put okay this is a sidebar but nothing is funnier she will go off on facebook of all places facebook which is like oh and she'll be like the trump administration and the bidens are working together to uh melt the core of the earth and release the new covid variant i don't know like she will just pop off on some well, shit that's what and, that's what facebook <laughs> is for though i mean they are so and they are. Yeah. um and i almost, Might need to I hit her almost up. played i almost played golf under this woman and i was just like Whew, okay so that's when i decided it's like <laughs> i'd commit to I, it honestly like I knew what I was looking at. Um, I mean, my school yeah. played other schools like Newman Garetti, Barrington University. Like, <laughs> yeah. just dweebs, just dweebs against dweebs. Yes. Just kidding. Yeah. Just yeah, kidding. None of, just none of oh, they're dweebs. Always. None of Connor yeah. Brad or my schools had NBA superstars that attended. Yeah, I know. So. Every, uh, well, let me the, let me actually do a little research here. Part of their uniform. Oh, <laughs> was my fa- so I so I'm trying to think of like all the people. I'm gonna do a little quick Google search, but like Michael Kidd Gilchrist. Mm-hmm. He's trash now, but Summerdale, Summerdale, New okay. Jersey's finest. Okay, look. You know what? He may be. I don't know if he's trash now, but guess he, what? He's still a he, ten. He, okay. I mean, he is. He was like the number two pick, I think. 
He was. He was. Yeah. Yeah. Charlotte he Bobcats. Was. Yeah. He was. Um, let's when go. Let's goes go. Today. Let's go Kentucky basketball. You had, you had Devin Booker. NBA. De- yep, Devin. Yeah. I will never yeah, know. Yeah, Noel. Well. Um, yep. You're, you're Noel. calling yep. all these guys by their first names, which makes me shy. Oh, Dev, you know. Oh. Shy Alexander. Um, he was there. Tyler Hero was after me. Julius Randall. Julius Randall. Uh, Julius Randall. Comeback Spider. player of the year. Um, like, so I can't stress enough how large these people are when they were like 18. Like I, I, okay. So I was, so UK is, I don't know if you guys have ever been to Lexington, but the school is like downtown. Essentially it's like, you know, right downtown. So the, the athletes are like, I mean, you know, there's definitely like the athletes have their own library. They have their own cafeteria. They have their own dorms. They have their own. So it, like, even if you're on a six person golf team, you still <laughs> have lunch with like, not the basketball team. Cause they have their own, uh, they have their own situation. They have a lodge. Chick-fil-A in the locker room. I mean, like right. no, no <laughs> shit. They have their own. It's called, what the fuck is it called? Like the lodge or like something, you know, and they have a sh- an in-house the chef den. who lives there. It's, it's seriously called something like that. But, um, Damn. I will never forget. Oh, bam. At a bayou. Sorry. I'm oh. looking at De'Aaron Fox. You forgot uh, Willie Colley Stein. Willie Colley Stein. Oh. Colley Stein. Okay. Trey Go. Lyles. Malik Number Monk thirty-three was there in your playbooks. Me. Number one in your heart. Oh, Patrick <laughs> Patterson. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the, the Harrison twins. The Harrison twins. Drew. Oh, guys. Honestly, oh, great drop, Drew. Yeah, yeah. I'm so sorry. Yeah. This, this is side, side. We have wound down the avenues, but um, this is now officially so, UK basketball podcast. That's fine. That's fine. Honestly, okay. I'll get Susan. The ringer sponsor right our pod. Here. I'll, I'll get, I'll get my mother in here because Susan. I swear to God, Susan will be like. Are you watching the game? I'm like, no. What, she's <laughs> a bigger she, UK fan than you. <laughs> my mother, my mother will like look at scouting for like the class of twenty fucking thirty. My mom is like in it. She's in it. Is, is but, she um, on Calipari's uh, payroll? Is scouting? right. She's part of the recruiting. Uh, yeah, I think trips. so. She might be. Is your mom a scout? Not Susan. Maybe Susan is. I mean, Jesus. I mean, it wouldn't, honestly, it wouldn't surprise me. That lady has tricks up her sleeves. Um, <laughs> but I will never forget, I was walking next to Anthony Davis. So he's like seven feet tall. Like, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm, I'm five six, but I tell people I'm five eight. I'm five six. I came up to just over his, uh, just over his belly button. Yeah. <laughs> Like literally, this That's man is so tall. Like I literally was like, "What the fuck?" Like you're 17. No, you're 18, and I you like must have to. Be a yeah. coat full of little kids stacked on top. I mean, of each other. it has to be. And he's gotten taller since yeah. you've seen him and, in and person. Guy, like bigger. And he moves like a ballerina. I'm just like, okay, that's great. I can't, I don't ever give myself enough space to operate. I kick shit. I drip shit. I, and this man is doing pirouettes while dunking a basketball. He's so graceful. He's so graceful. Good for him. So so you're at UK. You're, you're a, Mm -hmm. a, a high performing athlete in your own right, but you're also surrounded by 
world-class, future multi-million dollar earning athletes, what is that environment like mentally to wrap your head around? Honestly, I joke about this all the time because I always tell people if I had to go to school, if I had to do undergrad now, I'm 29. If I had to do undergrad now, no chance I would have made it through that schedule. Like, Mm -hmm. there's no chance. And I think, well, again, I think the NCAA, another institution that's insanely fucked up is the NCAA. But that's another podcast. (laughs) That's 10 other podcasts. That's a series. But, um, You know, I think one of the most bizarre things now is that you're you're a child when you make these decisions to go to schools. Like, Mm -hmm. you know, I I really wanted to go to school far away. Kentucky, I'm originally from Southern Pennsylvania. So I was like, I'm getting out of here. I'm going to the big city. And I go to Lexington, (laughs) Kentucky, that's got like 100,000 people. And I thought I was like, you know, and 80,000 80, of them go to UK and 80,000 yeah. of them go to UK. And I was like, yes, I'm, I live in a city, but um, I think it's just insane that I made all of these decisions when I was 17 and then started living that life when I was 18. Like, I mean, you know, part of the reason that I could get through it is because I didn't have a precedent. Like I didn't, I didn't have anything to compare it to. So a, a normal choice. day, a normal day for me. Um, so our golf team would, the largest team that I was on had nine players. The smallest team had six. So you are with each other all the time. I was the only person in my class, which was great because I uh, didn't have to room with a teammate, which I think was really beneficial for me. Um But like, so we would have workouts at either six or seven in the morning, and then we would alternate with the men's uh, golf team. So one semester, we'd be six, one semester, seven, one semester, six, one semester, seven. Um, You would do drug testing twice a week that was chosen at random. So that was another early morning activity that would happen before workouts. And then working out for an hour. Drug not testing. Not a thing. Like, no. Drug testing. I, drug I, I signed something that said I wouldn't take drugs. That was it. That was it. Mm. Right? No. You're talking to two, so, uh, three D3 athletes here. Um, well, just, you know, baby. I, so I, so I don't know if this, so I don't know if this is actually true or not, but allegedly because football team uh, failed drug tests that the SEC and the NCAA were drug testing all of the athletes. So mm. I don't know if that's, that was just, you know, what I heard. So I don't know if that's true or not, but do you would three get sports wouldn't exist if there was drug testing. I mean, what, they couldn't what, sustain. Drug yeah. like, what, like, like what if, what if I took a fuck histamine that did that I wasn't prescribed? Like that's a failed drug test. You know, it's so disqualified. Yep. You have to sit out. And the crazy thing is, is that for golf, so we would have four events per semester, not including postseason. You would miss. So your punishment for a failed drug test was a quarter of your year. So 25% of your year. We would have to miss a, a one full tournament, and then you only have three left. It's insane. But anyway, um, so then I always took morning classes just to get it out of the way. So I would have... 
uh, class is usually from either eight to like noon or nine to one. And then I would go straight to practice and then I was done and back on campus because our, you know, facility, our golf course was 20 minutes away, kind of 20, 15, 20. Yeah. We had a, the U club, we have the university club. That's something that Brad drew and myself just don't understand. Guys, Not even a little. I'm going to... Um, we need to get there so early to be be there before other people would be there. If you guys hear my dog bark in about two seconds, our cat just jumped on the bed. And Enzo is also on the bed. So it might be World War Three over here. We got questions oh. for Enzo. We have a, well, let me... We, uh, yeah, we, he, um, he's going to be in the hot seat later. Yeah. But uh, so... <laughs> so to back to... Yeah. <laughs> he's, he's really sweating it. He is... Um, deep, he's in REM cycle three right about now. So, hmm, but, so y'all um, had, at UK, y'all had you had the you had a golf course for your correct. golf teams. Yeah. So yeah. So wow. we had Big Blue and Wildcat. Um, so there was actually like thirty six holes. Affectionately um, known as you had two golf courses. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think life gets any better than Division One golf. I mean. <laughs> That's the that's the Honestly, pinnacle. That's the pinnacle. And that's the and I like I will say I remember like especially my soft my sophomore year was pretty rough for me. Um that's and I think that a lot of athletes especially well, I think a lot of students go through this about like, is this where I should be going? Should I transfer? What would it be like if I went somewhere else? And so mm-hmm. I went through that when I was nineteen and just being like, Why the fuck am I here? Um and luckily I you know, I I don't really know why I just decided to stay at UK probably because transferring was too confusing and insane. Um, and I'm glad I stuck it out. I mean, you know, yes. And, um, I, you know, honestly, to this day, I still think of Lexington as the dearest, it's my favorite place in the world. I was like that 25 year old that wouldn't move out of Lexington because it was just too fun and affordable and nice. And it was where I was based out of my first, two years on tour and so it was easy it was central you know like i had a lot of friends there and it was great i mean i would choose it all over again but yeah definitely being a student athlete is like i don't i it's so bizarre it is so you, bizarre. Ha- you had a lot of support it sounds like you had the facilities yeah. you had yeah. world-class coaching um i mean it is a division one sport so you had like a lot of the university's dollars going toward your team and yeah. your team's success. Um, yeah. What kind of support existed off the course for you all? Specifically, were there, did you have access to study halls? Did you have access to yeah, sports psychologists, uh, mental health resources, anything like that? Yes, we did. Um, so we did have, we had like academic advisors and we did actually have one of the things that, um, the university does really well is that they have mandatory in every class. So you do always have support, but then again, double-edged sword, that's, you have to do, you have to attend those tutoring sessions and they're 45 minutes long. So it's like, I would have to do those sometimes at eight or 9 PM and get my ass up at six to go back to a workout. So it's like, you know, it was, it was tough. Um, we did so we did not have a consistent sports psychologist when i was there um 
we would essentially have somebody visit us once or twice a semester. And funny enough, actually, Bob Rotella met with us one year. And what was really funny is that I actually ended up working with Doc in my career as a professional. And I was like, why the fuck did you come meet with us one time? And it was, he worked with our men's basketball team. He and Cal mm-hmm. are like buddies, of course. Uh, yeah, you got, you but, got some ins there. Yes. Um, That's you know, in terms of, in terms of like anything else outside of that, I will never forget. We had this dietitian, which like, we're kids. Like, like yeah. you, it, like we are children and you're telling us how to eat when we don't know any better. So anyway, and so we were talking about, she, she was talking about what to eat on the golf course. And like, obviously when you're a kid or like when you're at this age, I should say, you're not like your image of your body isn't always healthy, but you know, like you don't, mm-hmm like especially when you're doing all of these really intense activities all the time there definitely is a little bit of dysmorphia that goes on at least I can I should only speak for myself there's definitely dysmorphia that goes on that I experienced when I was there um I also am built like a fucking jock which I love now but when I was 19 I didn't love like being wide-bodied and and things like that so um, I will never forget this dietitian being like, yeah, so when you're on the golf course, nuts are a great option. You know, a proper serving is like eight almonds. I was like, you want I to just eat? ate eight almonds right now. I was well, like, while you were you're, talking you're, to me. I was like, you want me to eat eight almonds for a four hour round of golf? And that's my serving size. That's my portion size. When it's fucking, we're playing 36 holes of golf in Louisiana and you want me to have eight almonds in a round. I was just like, fuck you. Like, get the fuck out of here. Like, it was so, there were countless moments like that of just being like, this is a joke. This is a joke. Like she, I'll never forget when she taught us how to make an egg white omelet. I was like, an egg white omelet. Lady, like, like we need to eat a lot of food like mm-hmm. I, it was just oh there were so there were times like that that were just so like i hope she didn't work for the is... basketball team uh no <laughs> boogie <laughs> you need works. to have six almonds before a game you're <laughs> seven feet tall boogie, 300 look, pounds i know you're six foot eight and you weigh 285 pounds but like you need to watch your portions yeah. <laughs> one banana before the, the game that's it I was like, dude, get the fuck out. And, you know, I just, I, I, like, even my former team, like, now the people on the team, I don't, I know them as, like, a figure. I don't know them personally. You know, it's like, we, I've never met a lot of the girls that are on the current team. So I hope their circumstances like that are better. And I think that, like, you know, I think that as we move forward in golf and we are, making it more of like an inclusive game. I think it only helps players that are currently in college. College golfers are really fucking good now. Like mm-hmm. insanely good. You know, if you're not at least 10 under par for a tournament, you're not going to win the tournament, which is a that's incredible. 
And now I just, I can only hope that, you know, like I remember I'm, another thing that really sticks out to me is I went to one therapy session in my four years of college and it was, it was one therapy session. So it was like, what's your name? You know, it's, it's not like you're able mm. to gain any sort of ground. You know, it was an hour. It was one hour with a, a stranger. I had no idea. So y'all weren't talking childhood trauma in that one session. No, no. And I was literally just telling my partner this earlier today about when I start to cry, I cannot, because it's always childhood shit. It's always childhood shit. So I was like, mm -hmm. you know, when I start to cry, I can't stop. And I'm like, you I wonder what happened when I was eight. No, I don't think that's oh. it. Oh, okay. <laughs> I think I just... I think just I was about to throw my hand up and say, I yeah, think, just us. Oh, yeah. oh, no, never mind. <laughs> no, I think it's, I think right, it's, it's got to be stuff. from when right. I was eight. You know, it's no, no, but uh, mm. maybe, yeah, maybe it's overactive. I've got bad pollen this year, bad pollen count. Um, but yeah, that's my story on UK. I think very fondly of it. And even now, it's like, like one of my buddies, um, I don't know if you guys are Tennessee Titan fans, but one of my dear friends is Wesley Woodyard. He uh, played for the Titans. He actually just recently retired. Um, Had and... him on the fantasy team a couple years. Didn't do so hot, but he's Man, a professional he football player. You know, he, like, he is also one of like the best people in the world. Speaking of, he's also actually like large. Like seeing these people in person is just like, He's probably like six foot and like 285. Like he's, it's insane. Like it's when your body becomes your way of making money, it's it like, yeah. So um, he hosts a, a charity tournament and I used to, so this was last year, they didn't have it because of COVID. I went for the last two years prior to that, hoping to go this year, but like, the most incredible people will show up. Like not even just Kentucky athletes, like Bud Dupree. Well, Bud Dupree did go to UK. Uh, Champ Bailey was there. Um, like just crazy people that I'm like, I'm playing golf <laughs> with Avery Williamson. What? <laughs> like, it, you know, and I think, I think golf is potentially the only sport that you can do that in. <laughs> but at a recreational yeah. level, like yeah. I'm not gonna go play flag football with Joe Montana, <laughs> right? But what's but what's really funny, and this is this, you know, like this is the same thing with uh, like working at a golf club, is that when you're good at golf, people automatically just like their respect for you, mm -hmm. just like goes through the roof. Like mm -hmm. I'm like I it, it so two years ago, the last time I played in this tournament. I like I had NFL players and people like that being like, "Oh, so you're really good," and I'm like, well. "You're like what?" <laughs> I'm like, "No, I'm trash." And then I'm like, "Wait, <laughs> you're like what, what is I'm, this? I'm I am good." <laughs> I can't like if you so much as like tapped my shoulder, I would probably just crumble into a million pieces. Yes, yes. Well, but, that, well, absolutely is like the great equalizer when it comes to sports so funny. because you look at, you look at guys like Charles Barkley who has abilities on the basketball court and just, you know, 
just just his <laughs> like he, he he could do things that none of us could ever dream about doing and did in his basketball career but you put a golf club in his hand and he looks like he's having a seizure so he's human yeah the Suddenly mental woes of golf uh, will hit literally anyone. That's true. Yeah. So, you're also a professional, a former professional golfer. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Tour for a, mm-hmm. a stint. Mm-hmm. LPGA tournaments. Um, mm-hmm. What was it like to win a golf tournament, a professional golf tournament? Can you describe that feeling? Like, I really want to know. Okay, so... Um, and also, can I have $20? Yeah. <laughs> Famously, you guys... I don't know if you guys knew this, but I'm very wealthy. You guys didn't know that? Oh, we did so, our Googles. Yeah. Oh, my God. W- Wikipedia. So. I, Why do you think we asked you on this? We're looking for... Right. Yeah, this is just... From... Panderpod. Just, just, look, look, that's fine, you guys. It's Monopoly money at this point. I'll pay you in fucking Bitcoin, but yeah, let's do it. No, I'm kidding. Um... <laughs> Winning a golf tournament, honestly, for for me, winning a golf tournament was, I kind of like blacked out. Like I, you know, I remember, so, okay. So the biggest tournament that I won was Colorado Open and that was a lot of money. <laughs> and I, um, so the there's, first... a, there's a photo of it. So we can say how much money there is, right? It was, it was $50,000, right? Yeah. And that's crazy. the following week, the following week, I was, was nowhere close to being making the cut. No. So, well, but funny enough. So, oh God, I, I try, I try to tell myself, I'm like, yeah, I'm cool, but I'm, I'm cringe just like anybody else is in the world. But, um, so mm-hmm. I three putted the last hole to win by like two or three or something. Like I had a cozy, cozy lead. I was like, it was so the last hole at this this course is um is par five. And I hit like five iron, eight iron, eight iron into this hole because I was like about to fucking pass out. Like I, I was just like, this is because like people always say my favorite fucking line when you're watching these dusty ass dudes on TV mm-hmm. is when the commentators are like, you know, there's a really big leaderboard. I wonder if he knows where he sits. Everybody knows where they're fucking sitting. Uh, on like you 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 always know if you're eight under par or like whatever like you Mm. always know you also know when you're three over par and you're like what am i gonna do today after i miss this cut like you you always know and so for me i was walking down the last hole just being like you need to actually breathe because you could four putt the last hole in front of a lot of people i didn't four putt but i three putted and honestly, like winning a golf tournament for me just felt like an insane wave of relief, serotonin, where the, where the fuck am I going to put this? And then just like this, such a backwards sense of like, I've made it like finally. I've, I've managed because I, so I never won in college. I won tournament. Um, I, my senior year, I played really well in the final round of this tournament. I shot 64. 
and funny enough, it was actually Oklahoma's home tournament. So Toby Keith hosts it, and Toby Keith watched me play golf. <laughs> that is like, so funny. This me. is like I was just. It's called the Schooner Classic. And I was like, this is fucking... I was like, who the fuck is this guy? Oh. And, uh... So... Like... <laughs> so... Darius Rucker hosts the tournament, and I will also never forget that we were playing their senior year. It's in Hilton Head, and he hosts a private concert for the players. I don't listen to, like, country music. All I could look at was how tight his jeans were. And all I was just looking at was like, I can actually see your balls, dude. Like, I'm just looking at this guy. It was wow. just like... You saw Hootie and the Blowfish. I saw Hootie and the Blowfish. There it is. Oh, that was That's the clip, Connor. Zinger. Zinger. <laughs> but like, again, this is fucking golf, dude. Like, you will... I mean... I don't. Anyway, um, wait, Liz. Is that is that a thing that yeah. like celebrities host golf tournaments? Okay. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah. I mean, I mean not non, non golf like... people, because obviously you know, like golf, Jack mm-hmm. Tiger, they host PJ events. Yeah. But for non, I... they just get yeah, random. I... Yeah, I think so. I mean, you know, I don't. Off the easy, I mean, I don't really, I only, I mean, I'm sure there's more than just these two fucking guys, but I don't, you know, I, I'm Jesus sure. I'm, I'm going to sure. tell you that. So, I mean, I'm, I, I was laughing about most, that tonight. It was the most, yeah. So, so about that tournament. So I was leading, I was leader in the clubhouse and I was like, thank fucking God. I'm finally going to win my first golf tournament. Madeline Sagstrom beats me by one fucking stroke. And I was. Whoa. I literally was like, it's never going to happen. Like, I'm never going to win a college golf tournament. So then, um, right after I graduated, I won the Kentucky Open. That was my first professional win. It was it was a small field, but it was I was still super excited nonetheless. Like, you know, really proud. But then that was like, I think I won like 1500 bucks or like two grand or something. So it was still like, shit, like that's a decent amount of money for I was 21. And then when I won the Colorado Open, it just felt like such a big, like, thank God I am actually fucking good at this sport. You know, like, there are so many times where your anxiety can tell you the exact wrong thing about yourself. Mm. You know, like, like today, today I played in an assistance tour event. And the whole time I was just thinking to myself, like, you know, you're going to miss this three footer. I was like, what the fuck am I doing to myself? You know, it's, it's. There are times where you will just trick your own mind into thinking that you're not good enough at a lot of things. And I say this all the time to my students. It's like, it's easier to talk horribly to yourself than it is to talk kindly to yourself. And that was the biggest thing about winning that golf tournament. I was just like, finally, I'm good at this sport. It's not true, but like, I got money now to show that I'm actually good at this sport. Mm. But... I, and you got Toby uh, Keith to validate yeah. you too. So. And then I and got I, Toby Keith. Yeah. I, and I think that's a particularly like present characteristic for golfers too. I think we're all underlyingly filled with self-loathing and uh, yeah. anxiety to a degree that rears its head in in uh, 
very stressful situations. A three foot yeah. putt. At the worst times. At the worst times. Uh, like, and you know, you'll just hit a hosel rocket out of somewhere and you'll just be like, <laughs> I can't hit the next shot. They're like, I missed a fucking green from 95 yards. I, I have no words for myself. But, you know, it's just, again, it's like you just have to. I think your problems yeah. there are a little different than most people's. <laughs> right. Again, you're talking to three yeah. Division three golfers. Um, my, yeah. You can Google me and mm-hmm. find that my best round in college was a 114. So, um, champagne problems here. Well, Liz was talking about, you know, knowing when you're eight under par. I've never known of that. Never. Thing, yeah. So. Tell me what it's like. Yeah. Maybe. Three I mean, it's par. cool. Honestly, it's cool. Honestly, eight under par, one round of golf. You feel very fucking cool. Very cool. In those, so you won that tournament, fifty G's. Did you celebrate? And what did you do? Mm-hmm. I did. Like you have to reward yourself, right? Like I did. Um, so first thing I did right after is so, okay. So that tournament is just outside of Denver. My, I have family that lives in Columbine, which is another suburb right outside of Denver. So it was close. Subsequently, my best friend from high school also lives in Denver. We had a nice time. Y'all went buck wild. We had a very nice time. We got wasted. (laughs) So Denver, Denver, I I, like it. So we went to, so my, this best friend of mine is a gay man. And so he took me to all of the gay bars in Denver that night. Cause he, he's a, he's not a golfer. And so he was just like, I don't really know what this means that you won this golf tournament, but but you want to go to let's this drag show? Like literally, years. but he was just like, let's go do this. And I was like, amazing. Because <laughs> the last thing I want to fucking do was like talk about in the moment. Like now it's fun to reflect on, obviously. And I'm, you know, immensely proud of myself. But in the time I was just so fucking just like, I didn't know what the fuck to think, do, say. So I didn't really <laughs> want to necessarily talk about it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Plus like you three put in my last hole. So anyway... But um, yeah, I just wanted to celebrate, and he took me to a lot of uh, a lot of dwarves to see the dwarves, and it was great. We had a really fun time. And then I drove from Colorado to Arkansas, where I subsequently missed the cut the following week. So you know what? Golf is humbling. But I had 50 G's though, so like, who's actually missing, right? You know what I mean? Exactly. You threw 50 G's at Follies in Denver, Colorado. Jesus Christ. I couldn't even, I would have to ask Justin the places that we went to. Cause now, I mean, this was also three years ago. Yeah. Oh. Times right. Times Follies uh, is a very famous um, nightclub establishment in Atlanta, Georgia. I think it's native oh. to only Atlanta, but Oh. They definitely do not have drag performers there. Um, oh. That was a joke. Uh-huh. <laughs> joke landed. Joke landed. <laughs> Is that the, the magic city of... Uh... Yeah. yeah. It is it's Magic City on Molly. Oh. Oh, oh God. <laughs> um, I, am, I am so 
intrigued by your Instagram handle. Um, I can't tell you how many different pronunciations I have attempted in my own okay. mind and out loud until I actually realized that, that it's just Safari. That it's, it's just Safari, Safari Liz. I, I was like, yeah. Safari. 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 It's Safari Liz. Um, how did you come Safari up with Liz. that? And um, yeah, what does that mean? Do you like Safari? Are you a explorer do you guys own a pair of pants that unzip at the knee no no you masquerade as uh (laughs) as jack hannah's assistant (laughs) i wish in my dreams but um remember how when i said i was cringe uh my instagram handle is safari liz because i'm wild oh (laughs) well okay podcast over thanks for coming all right good night Or a bomb, bitches. Um, there, so it used to be back in the heyday. It used to be Charlizard, mm, and then I was so like, "I like that." Bitch, they, bring it back. Well, damn it! And then I, well, see, I thought I was like, "Look, I need to have something that's more subtle, but still like give it a good judge of me." And Safari Liz, it just sucked. It sucked. Stuck, not suck. It's great. But then, well, I, you, and now I just feel like it's my, you know, my brand, as they say, these kids say. I'm going to tell you, I would not have gotten Charizard straight up. Like, I, I would have glazed right over that Liz in the middle. Straight up. Yeah, like, if, if you thought you had enough, a lot of pronunciations for Safari Liz, Charizard would have. Oh, God. <laughs> I, man, okay, maybe I will go back to it. I feel like, you know, Liz and Lizard is just a lot. There's a lot that I could do there. For you know? sure. Yeah. Yeah, you can bring yeah, it back as, as the the, the world is my oyster. Yeah, maybe yeah. I will actually. Yeah. Maybe I will have a Finsta. Although yeah. I treat Instagram like a Finsta, so you do, and it's my I favorite love, thing about following love you. That. Love that. You know what? Honestly, like I just people. Oh God, I like the day that my work sees me. They'll never know it's them. you. Your your avatar is a is a, a a golf ball with I don't even know if that's your face. Um it could be Enzo's. I don't know. It it's is. just it's no, a it's golf me. ball. It's me. It's me. Um yeah, you know, honestly, I like I I think that for me, social media can definitely toe the line between like maybe I should try to like turn this into like a lucrative opportunity for myself and then i'm like no bitch like post post that you're like i don't know post the sun the stupid sunglass shit i'm like just post the dumb shit that you find in the lost and found i don't Mm. know just do it just what's the dumbest thing you found in the lost and found any uh, like any and all um uh like like swing tools like golf aids this Mm. so i teach this member how many medicuses? I zero. Zero. Because oh, that's the first okay. that's the first one that goes, because that's like one of two that people know. It's a you know? So then they'll be like, ooh. So I have this member that chicken wings it really bad at impact. And so his his club head beats his hands at impact. Mm. And he's got and he, you know, looks kind mm. of like this, and he cups his right hand underneath. Mm-hmm. So yes. he decided that he was going to get himself this training aid that is, it looks like a, it's a full size golf club, but it's like rubber. So it, it like flops. 
Oh, is it the the one with the orange shaft? It's blue, but it's the same. It's the same one because it's a different weight. the The orange one is, I think, the lighter version of the blue. So he's like, "Yeah, I brought this with me today." First of all, he signs up for a ninety minute lesson with me, which is so long for like a seventy year old man. Like ninety minutes, I can't even focus for ninety minutes. You need a lunch break. I don't know what a 20 handicap is trying to do out here with 90 <laughs> minutes of their time, but okay. Just, so, um, yeah. So, uh, try to not die. Try to not die, dude. Yeah. So, we have some bad news for you, Boris. It's not going to get much better than this. It's not good. It's not good, buddy. And uh, honestly, there are a lot of times where I want to tell people like, look, I appreciate you trying to get better, but just fucking enjoy the game of golf. Like yeah. you're not going to get much better. Like just enjoy it. Anyway. Well, so that's, he's you're, like, you're offering a, a, a rare form of therapy that I think a lot of those folks don't typically have access to. No, maybe that's, I, yeah, I think so. It's like when you go to get your hair done and your hair, the, the person doing your hair, it's like, talk to me. No, like really talk to me. And you're like, <laughs> that's exactly, you know, that that's what a golf instructor always, you know, I feel like, I feel like I'm there, the person that makes their drink at their favorite bar. Um, but this motherfucker is swinging around this this flaccid golf club. <laughs> and he's like, yeah, I think this thing really helps me feel impact. I'm like, buddy, this amplifies all of your problems. Like the club head is flexing and beating your hands. So it's just the same. You're amplifying your own problems. See me. See me never again. Like, you know, <laughs> um, with your flaccid training aid. Yeah. Yeah. Have fun with Get your flaccid. Here. Yeah. Loser. Um, but by far and away, it's the training aids and the lost and found that get me. I mean, occasionally you'll find some, some dummy left their super goop, uh, sunscreen. That was like 60 bucks. Swiped that. That's in my golf bag right now. Um, as you should. Yeah, as I should, you know, sorry. Survival of the fittest, baby. I remember um, you saying, uh, to, uh you started, started at 26 G's. Like I'm entitled to everything That's in that lost and found bag. That's a third of my pay. I yeah. need that super group. Hey, y'all, this is Brad. And Connor. Andrew. We wanted to take a quick second and thank you for listening. It truly means a lot to us, and we want you to know that you're loved and you're welcomed here. And if you ever need a listening ear to vent or just to talk to somebody who cares, we want to remind you that group golf therapy is a safe space. Our DMs are always open at Group Golf Therapy on Instagram. Hit them straight and mind your golf. We Okay, so we were talking about the Medicus Club, your 20 handicap clients. Oh, that was um, really the end of the story. He was, using an, he was using a swing aid, which, like, this is why YouTube golf is not good, you know? Like, don't think that a training aid that works for – Jimbo down there in Tennessee is going to work for you, but say love Um, So he was just using this product that was just making his, it was just amplifying his swing issues. And then he would be like, what am I supposed to do? I was like, you need to get rid of this. Like, please don't use this again. Put this in lost that and found and never look at it again. Trash it, dude. Like learn how yourself. to release your hands first. Do people do take that. YouTube golf lesson? Like, is that, do people do that? I only watch YouTube golf for entertainment. For sure. Yes. Entertainment is wonderful. I lit, uh, quite honestly, this happened to me three weeks ago. 
member comes in and he's like, you know, Liz, I really want to book a lesson with you. And I was like, okay, bitch, do it. Like, I don't, okay. <laughs> and so he's like, I, I'm seriously, I was like, dude, there's an app for that. Like you could, that's great. Let's, what time do you want to go? So uh, talking with him and he's like, you know, I have this guy on YouTube that I really want to show you. And I don't know that I might have to send you guys this separately. This, this man that he likes to watch YouTube videos of has mutton chops. Okay. Oh. Mutton chop. I was hoping like, you were going to say mean, like Peter Finch, Rick Shields. No. I'm no. Hold on. Wait, what who? is it? Who? Connor? What'd you say? <laughs> uh, I said talk about dead giveaways. Oh. Oh, I, I thought you, I thought you knew who this was. Mutton chop. Golf no. from <laughs> 75. I don't know. Tom Seguro. Tom Seguro. I don't know if my MacBook can accurately show you um, my face, but I'm crying right now. Because... No, no, that's, that's a pass. Mutton chops, Liz. Guys, guys, oh. guys, this, this, this video is called, it's called The Truth, parentheses, it's time to wake up. And the open, so that... I have to mute my mic. Sorry, if you guys if you guys can't see what he's doing, he's banging two fucking metal trash can lids together, and he's going, "It's yeah. time to wake up." Yeah, he has a hundred and four thousand has... followers. Yeah, yeah. Oh, it's yeah. proven, proven. Yeah, uh, yeah. So guess what? All this says is jokes on us. So we all have to grow our mutton chops out, and we all have to wear white shirts under our fucking purple golf polos what? now. <laughs> well, Liz, I was gonna say, you know. You know, if you want to become a, a, a teaching pro, maybe, you know, being an, an influencer, a teaching influencer might be the, the route to fame and success. Um, like, right, Liz, like you, our friend you, did, Tom you did mention that it's really difficult to separate yourself among that industry. And I think what you need ultimately yeah. is... Is a golf only fans. Yeah. Mutton yes. chops. Oh. Or yeah, I mean, fans. look, I, I thought it would be like the ultimate gag of the century is to create an OnlyFans and it's just golf content. But like, I'd subscribe. Like, like teaching. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, <laughs> yes, I mean like. Like just, masterclass. I'm yeah. Tom Segudo, but I'm on OnlyFans, you know what I mean? <laughs> but um, yeah, maybe maybe Mutton Chops is the way to go. I mean, so many times, I I don't know. It's like, again, there are just so many fucking Figures in golf that are just so goofy and just doofuses, you know, like whether or not they're good instructors almost comes later when you've got guys like fucking this, who's in the backwoods of Arkansas, trying to teach a stack and tilt swing with mutton chops. The nerve, the nerve of that man. Not a good vibe. But, so, so to back, so what happened is that he was like, this member was like, yeah, yeah, I really want you to uh, look at this video and let me know what you think. I was like, why are you coming to me? Just keep watching Tom Segudo mm -hmm. and free. get on. Yeah, he's free. But um, yeah, he saw me <laughs> once and he has yet to come back and see me. So I guess lost Tom another Segudo. one to Tom, Tom Segudo. Tom's doing the Lord's Segudo's work. orbit right now. Segudo, Segudo gang. <laughs> will I ever will I ever be enough? Segudo to God. <laughs> it's true. Liz, I have a I have a personal question for you. What mm -hmm. do you hate the most about the 
canonical dusty men's golf trip. Okay. So I thought about this and I think actually I took a note on it. So let me, let me <clears throat> refer to my notes, please. If Fix you will. Okay. So yes. Um, I honestly, I think the thing that I hate the most is that it's so predictable. Like the whole idea of like, yeah, I'm going to go hang out with my fucking bros and we're going to like go just be disgusting. Like, I don't know. And I, I think, I think the thing, so to get more, I guess I should give more detail instead of just giving sweeping generalization and then be like done with it. But, um, you know, I think it's just pretty unhealthy to only surround yourself with people like yourself. And so while these golf trips are super cool, why are you going with 15 other carbon copies of yourself? Like, what is, what do you learn from that? Like, what, what is that? All that tells me is that you guys are lame. Like, I, I think that those kind of, I don't know. And maybe part of it too has to deal with the fact, like maybe there is a little bit of like, but I want to go from me. But I think it's just this predictability and this bullshit of like, dude, y'all fuckers that go on these trips have enough. Like y'all don't like y'all got enough. You do not need, you need to pay me to go on one of those trips. <laughs> but in all seriousness, I just, you know, like, like how I wonder how expensive it would be to do like stream song for three days and two nights, probably like $2,500. Yeah. Maybe. I mm, don't know. Right. Like, yeah. I don't know. 25. I don't know. I feel like when I'm thinking about the, the only that I have seen do these types, apart from like Hallie Ledbetter did a really cool last uh, two years ago, maybe. Mm -hmm. And that was like amazing. And I have a trip planned with, in the fall while we're working on the plans and i don't know it's just like i'm tired of just seeing dudes be able to do all the shit that they want to do and when they all look the fucking same you know it's like i i'm not going to name names because they're probably going to watch this video or listen to this so i'm going to be discreet but i'll never <laughs> do it bitch no i'm kidding um drag but I was roasting him because I was like, this is all dudes and it's like 40 people, but it's like, mm. it like polo khakis, polo khakis, polo khakis, polo khakis, like just line them up and they all look like these fucking crusty ass dudes. And I'm just like, why do you go to this? Like, what does this do for you? What, what is this about? Like, this isn't what? growing the game. This isn't contributing. Like, this is just... This Drew, is... what's the brand? Um, <laughs> Wonder uh... Bread. Wonder Bread. It's stale. Dude, dude, <laughs> dude um, no, uh, laugh. What, what? We were just like... We, we were just loud, talking about We were... Uh, loud, loud mouth. Loud mouth. Oh, loud. my... Right before we came out, we were talking about how, you know, a lot oh. of the, um, you know, wow. frat, frat gentlemen um, like to wear that, that type of apparel and think that they're... Extra. Look at my drip. Yeah. They, 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 if, they, if Wonder Bread made golf pants. Honestly, yeah. it's it's all Mountain Dew. It's Mountain Dew shit. Like no. I, yeah. I wake up and I piss excellence. Wake up and, ugh, <laughs> and just let's piss. get this it's, bread, it's, kings. Uh, 
And that's, I think that's what it is. Like, that's my, that's what I think about when somebody's like, yeah, guys trip. And then it's like, yeah, yeah, I'm just hanging. You guys are the best. Like this trip was amazing. I'll never forget it. And it's just a row of 16 D- dudes, dudes with their dudes. arms around each other. <laughs> dudes being dudes. D- and I'm just dudes. like, it's just so whack. Like Saturdays wh- for the boys. I don't know. And I'll I never think that's it. why I hate golf trips. I think that's why I hate dusty dude golf trips. Because it's always the same shit. It's so predictable. Y'all are going to go to fucking Bandon Dunes. Get Bandon wasted. Dudes. I think I think you've hit the nail on the head though, Liz. It's really like the, the bachelorette party for guys. Is the golf so trip. It's lame. the most predictable event in the history of you events. Know you know what? Today so at this assistance event that I played in today, um there was four girls and I was like, This is fucking killer. Like mm. and we uh, look. I'm not trying to compare people here, but I'm going to compare people. We all looked cool as fuck. Like I looked cool as fuck. The other three women looked cool as fuck. All these other dudes looked exactly the same. Exactly the same. I'm like, this is some fucking. But I mean, I guess that that goes into further about how golf is just such a, like, you know, this idea of like you had to be raised a certain way so that you can go play golf, and that means that you were probably rich, and then you know things like that. But, Which leads yeah. to like no innovation whatsoever. Like most of golf dudes can't dress on course <laughs> or off course. Like or that's that's just outfit. a fact. Yeah, it's the same outfit. They just it's wear- a khaki pant with brown belt tucked in uh, with a polo stretchy material tucked in. I can see your belly button hair. Um, I don't like it. Third. From the board to the bar to the third. Even worse, Harry Higgins. And I and I like I'm someone who likes I like his game. And it's no shade to him, but like most dudes who go on these trips look like him. Oh, what do you (laughs) think? Peter Millar. Peter Millar. Does the 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 marketing copy transitions from on the course to off the course actually mean something good? Unless you're wearing like Lululemon. No. Mm. Shout out to Lululemon. I'm trying to get sponsor. Love you, Lululemon. Help. Wait, where's my phone? Lululemon. Sponsor, Lululemon. Sponsor. Where's the? Honestly, honestly. ASMR. Hit me with the ABC pant. You know what I mean? Yep. Like, yeah. Like, give me, give me a nice fitted men's Lululemon shirt on a dude, and I'm sweating. You give know. Give me the commission shorts. Give me that seven inch. Uh, Give me that five inch inseam. I mean, call the uh, call the press, call the press, please. We need these people here. I did take issue with the commission shorts um, on a shoot one day, 113 degrees. Um, They 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 fit me in a pair of khaki colored commission shorts, and God bless them. The commish. the commission shorts are incredibly comfortable. However, the way your boy's sweat glands work on his lower back, um, those commission shorts are telling on me. You know what I'm saying? Um, mm. you need, you need but we love you. Gray or the black. Got to go black. Look, yeah. Butt sweat, buddy. Butt sweat. You know, it's like. That's what they do. Butts famously. The butts famously sweat. So, they you know what? They famously sweat. It's, it's a fact. Hey, you know what? My butt was sweaty 
two hours ago and I was trying to get this all going. Mm. It's fine. <laughs> My butt's sweaty right now, you know? Um, Always. It just, that's what Always. they do. Always. Yeah. Just, um, constantly. Just a little damp all the time. Yeah. So we, right. we had some, some recording issues earlier. Um, um, I have tested it. We're fine. We're golden. Uh, We're, we'll see. I mean, right, so, so we had this issue with you before, Connor, and we're and we've we're learned that the world. we're good. Um, good. Tell me about Enzo because I know he's down at your feet right now. Um, he's always at my feet, guys. I love that. He's always right there. He's the fucking best. Y'all have like such a sweet relationship. Does he come to the course with you ever? Like, even maybe not at work, but recreationally, like he does. does. He yeah, get down he on does. the golf course. He does. Yeah. So I used to take him, especially when I was, so I, Enzo's from Kentucky. I got him, um, Kentucky. So I, Kentucky, Kentuck. And, uh, oh, he's having a dream right now. So his feet are going. But, um, I love that. He is, he is chasing birds. But, um, so I got him my first year that I had right after I graduated. And I was living with one of my, she's one of my best friends even to this day and we were just like hey like i'm i'm gonna get this dog would you be down to like help me when i'm traveling and she's like oh my god yeah and so we met enzo at the humane society and he didn't make a peep he didn't bark when we walked in he was just scared like you know it just he looked really anxious and so we took him outside he was two, he's he was two and a half. He's now nine, my boy. Oh. And he just sat at my feet. Like he didn't he wasn't like on some shit. He just sat down and was just like happy to be outside. And so he also was um I was his third owner and mm. um which is some bullshit because he is like the best. I mean, he's so He seems like an angel. He's an angel. And I, I actually called so after I got him and, um, you know, like within the first month of me having him, I actually called the Humane Society and I was like, give me the names. Give me the names <laughs> of the fucking people because I'm fucking calling these bitches. He's he's just the best. Like he. Um, so, yes. So I used to take him a lot with me when I was playing. And yeah, he's he's golf course dog. I don't take him a ton here now just because my off days are Mondays and then only Mondays. Um, but. Anyway, we all know why it's only on a Monday, but um, mm-hmm. the offices are still open at the club. So like the accountants, the owners, the whatevers will be there. And I don't feel like I have that pull yet, but maybe, you know, I'm sure he'll come out with me a couple times later. Um, he's just a good dude. He weighs like 25 pounds. He's little too. So Whoa. he's, mm. you know, yeah, he's, he's tiny. He like comes up to my knee. He's 20 pounds. 25 you can, pounds. You can pick him up. You can pick him up and move him around if need be. My boy. Oh yes. Yeah. Um, <sighs> his uh, his go to words are W A L K. B U D D Y is a big word for him. Um, oh, I but love if that. you say, "Oh, it's very sweet." Where's your buddy? That's like zing. Um, and bath. 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 But I can't say that word. Because he will like, he is. It turns very sad very fast. But he is really sweet. I will say he's um, he's that really cool dog that really only likes like two people, me and my partner. <laughs> and 
and he loves my mom and stuff too. Like he, he needs to take, he needs slow introductions when he meets people. He came. So the previous house that he was in, um, he came from an abusive house before I got him. Um, and so it's always slow introductions, but once he knows you, he is like in your lap. He's like your shadow in your lap, in your face. He's just, he's the best. He's also sleeping like a little angel, but he had the name Enzo too. Vincenzo. It's a great name. It's a great it name. It is. It fits is in he very well. Uh, well, yeah, yes and no. He is fast, <laughs> but his legs are like stilts. So they just get a little long for him and he Got trips it. over them a lot. Mm. Yeah. Mm. But my favorite is he has this curly, cute little tail. He's just so, my, my son. <laughs> It's just very cute. It's it's striking me that this is a particularly joyous episode of group golf therapy. I feel <laughs> like we've we've had a lot of laughs. We've had a lot of light energy, and not to go there, but what what makes Hit you me. sad about golf? Liz, genuinely sad. Like, what is is there anything yeah, about golf? That I got you're an like, answer for that. This fucking sucks. Yeah, um, that women are not safe in golf. Like in any level like not even not even like i'm talking about women who also maybe are like a locker room attendant or like mm -hmm. women who are um servers bartending uh women are not looked out for in a country club and even on the playing level it's like it's laughable and it's embarrassing how little the players are given on the LPGA tour and how even things like caddies, like caddies are immensely predatory on the LPGA and on the Symmetra tours. It's how they get jobs. Like I had a caddy. Um, so one of my more bizarre moments in my professional career, um, like I definitely have those moments where I'm like, oh, this would only happen to me. Like I, I fucking, anyway, so we were playing in a tournament in Kansas and I was playing. All right. I was getting along. The girl that I was playing with though, was really struggling. So I started to hear music and I was like, where's that coming from? Oh, Oh, we have a, Oh, we're awake. Um, so I started to hear some music and I was like, where's this coming from? Her caddy started playing music out of his fucking phone in his caddy bib. And I was like, what the fuck are you doing? What are you doing? And he's like, what? Like, I thought it would just be nice. Like, there's not a lot of people out here. And I was like, this is fucking insane, dude. Turn this shit off. Like, so then, um, and the player just didn't give a fuck because she was like, truly like nowhere close to making the cut. So she was just like, get me the fuck out of here. Um, so after he, after I told him to please turn off your fucking music, we get done with a round and a rules official, the third player in our group said something to a rules official and the rules official came up to me and she was basically like, Hey Liz, did this happen? And I was like, look, yeah, unfortunately it did. You know, like, I don't, I don't want the player to get like in trouble. Like, I don't want anybody to get in trouble, but yes, it did happen. Please don't punish the player. So then the caddy, what ended up is that the caddy um, bought me dinner so that night the caddy and I it's we're in a small tiny town 
So we're eating at it's Garden City, Kansas. It's like microscopic. And so we are at the same restaurant and the caddy ends up buying me dinner and a beer. And he was just like, hey, look, I'm sorry. You know, after today, I'd really like to work with you. But like, that's how it goes. Like players are harassed and just like, like caddies will wait by their cars for you or your cars for, for you and caddies will follow you. And they'll, it's just such a weird, you know, like caddies will also hit on you all the time. Like it's just such a not uh, necessarily always a secure uh, field for women on any level. You know, and I, I think that's by far and away the worst thing in golf, you know? I mean, yeah, you know, only supporting and serving a wealthy group of people. Yeah, that sucks too. But like, mm-hmm. to be a woman and have to be concerned about what you're wearing or what, you know, like, if you're gonna, even if you're gonna get your equipment for free, like, do I have to pay for my golf clubs? Or is somebody going to try to support me and give me my golf clubs? Mm. Like there's just, you know, there's no sense of security with, with women in golf or safety. That's terrible. So there's our sadness, I guess. Hard, hard left turn. Hard left turn. But Hey, you know what? If we wanted to, if we wanted to get in our feels, I mean, I, I got it. Yeah. Um, in, so you are someone who has played professionally. You, uh, it sounds like, you know, I mean, high school, college professional, you've played at very high levels for a long time. Um, you've gone through moments like this caddy, this dickhead, (laughs) this, uh, and I, I, he might not be. You know, it might not just be him, probably more. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And it, it sounds like it's not just you. Um, on the course, when you're competing, when you're putting pressure on yourself, where are those moments where you find happiness? Well, I mean, definitely winning helps. <laughs> but <laughs> what what really does help is that oftentimes, and this was something that I really had to get used to, especially when I transitioned to playing professionally, but a lot of times you see the same people every week, um, which could be good and could be bad, but some some of the girls that I've been playing golf with and against, I've been playing with since we were 13, you know? So it's really fun to see how your careers change and how your careers, like just where you end up. You know, even if you don't play full time, like, for example, one of my girlfriends is one of the assistants at Sleepy Hollow here in New York, which is an immaculate club. It's it's beautiful. And we were playing in U.S. kids golf shit when we were 12 and 13. We played college golf against each other. We played professional golf, not, you know, I'd say against and with, but, you know, in the same tournament fields, we've we've seen and now we're in the same section together you know so it's it's so cool to just see women having success in any aspect of golf you know yeah and it is really cool to say like yeah my buddy played in the KPMG last week or you know my friend won a golf tournament or whatever you know it's it's just 
yeah like it, it's just really cool like Sophia Popov when she won the British last year that was fucking that's by far and away I mean maybe besides Tiger winning that's the greatest story to ever happen in golf yeah you know like she was not even in the top 300 in the world like it, it was insane and to be able to say like yeah I mean I guess I'm making her moment about myself now that I'm saying this but like still cool to be like that's my buddy that's my friend or you know in whatever situation it is you know it's it's those are the moments that bring you the most joy or at least me the most joy for sure and what about off the course now that I'm thinking about it um off the course what brings me the most joy well if if you had a uh, a follow-up to I that, did. So my 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 old my other follow up was my the biggest happiness that I get from golf is honestly seeing that it's a huge sport now. Like seeing it for that it is for other fucking people. Like like I you know I I'll walk down my street. I park on the street. So oftentimes I'll take my clubs home and I'll be walking around my fucking neighborhood with golf clubs and somebody will be like, oh you play golf. And it's just really funny to have those moments because it's like, yeah, I do. And you should too. And like, let's go try to play it just because you live here. doesn't mean you can't play golf or, you know, it's, it's, that's honestly like that brings, that's such a heartwarming thing. Or like seeing a little kid, like, you know, when I do alley golf and stuff, I, so a couple weeks ago or a couple days ago, um, I had a kid come and do it and he was like three years old and he was just like, yeah, I want to try you know, and that's the cool, that's the really cool shit, you know? Um, but what brings me the most joy off of the golf course, um, does a lot of things. Um, honestly going out to eat <laughs> now, now going out to eat, <laughs> being double vaxxed and being able to go out to eat is such a fucking luxury that I miss. We're back, baby. Like trying a new, a try, <laughs> we're back. um, going to a new restaurant. Mm. Uh, I love doing that. Like my, my partner's a chef. He's a, um, uh, Chef in a Michelin star restaurant, Big Flex. So, Ooh, um, so yeah. after we um, are done recording, just go ahead and slide us your address, and um, Group Golf Therapy is going to hit the road. And We're coming to Brooklyn. Made for Stevenson. He makes <laughs> phenomenal food. He, he's immensely talented. And I love being able to be like, where should we go out to eat? You know, um, I also he knows all the places. He knows all the places. I frankly, I also just love like alone time because you know it's like when you work sixty plus hours a week, like you're talking with people, you're schmoozing, you're blah blah blah. It just feels really good to just like come home and just play a fucking video game or you know doing dick all. Like it doesn't even matter what you're doing. Like for a minute, just yes. Um, yeah. hanging out with Enzo brings me a lot of joy. Enzo, <laughs> come here. Say hi. Oh, he's coming. And yes, <laughs> my guy, my man. <laughs> <laughs> he's like, I buddy. fucking came all the way over here for this. Oh, shake it out, buddy. And now he's gonna, yep. Yeah. And back down. Okay, great. But yes, those are the moments that gives me the most joy. What about you guys? This. This. Oh, man. Oh, that's really this, sweet. I'm glad you guys have this joy. outlet for yourself. 
themselves. Well, it's for it's for everybody, you know. It's for yeah. And that's uh, yeah. This is good. This is good. Yeah, for sure. What's what's your theme song? What's your walk up music? Oh, look, 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 look. Um, are we keeping it? What what's the what's the movie rating? Because I have a lot that it could be. R NC seventeen X. What's so there is a um, Brazilian metal band called Brujeria, and they Color do tree. a song. <laughs> uh, okay, so if you are intrigued, um, they do a song that is to the music of the Macarena, but it's called Marijuana. It's really fun. Um, honestly, how many licks, Lil Kim? Oh, that's a um, honestly, uh, can you fill me in, Craig David? And then that's probably it. Those are my those are my three. They rotate, so it depends on you know like my my mood, I guess. But uh, I, but yes, you should. Um, what about y'all's? What are y'all's? It rotates as well. Mm-hmm. I would I mean, say it has to. Has to. Um, in no particular order, I want to dance with somebody, Whitney Houston. I mean, yes. Um, yeah. This must be the place, Talking Heads. Mm-hmm. Um, Hallelujah, Leonard Cohen. Mm-hmm. Oh, big, big feels. Mm-hmm. Yeah, big feels. Is that just when you trudge to the first tee? Yeah. <laughs> when you're just on bended knee, on bended knee, like, right? Yes. <laughs> exactly. I submit to you, golf. Exactly. Yeah, like okay. <laughs> I, I okay. the bag to you, golf. <laughs> yeah, Drew, I gotta know your theme music, dog. Um, it's it's either my own winter sent me by lit, <laughs> or uh, close to me by the ear. That's what I might do. I do like that. I Either. do like that. Well, <laughs> um, I, I, uh, I'm feeling sweet on um, just hold on. We're going home. Mm. Oof, Drake. I mean, yeah, I mean, it, it, he, he just slid on that song. Like he just, just, mm. He did. Um, the entire capital H he. Yes, the entire miseducation of Lauren Hill. Um, I'm pass yeah, out. like start <laughs> to finish, start to finish, and um, I stumbled so upon this uh, this Portuguese jazz group. Uh, I. I Cannot for the life of me, uh, I don't know the name of the band, but the song is called Now Agianto. And it is just a bop. Like, I'll send it to y'all. It is, uh, it's golf music. Okay. We walk. Okay. I have yet to um, pop it into Google Translate, but it's been on heavy rotation. Yeah. I mean, I think. 
I think um, the, you know, it, it depends. Like, is, is it a family friendly function? Okay. Is it like important? Am I, am I going for like the intimidation factor? Am I going for like the, Hey, this is me. Like I'm giving you a window into my soul, mm-hmm. you know? Right. Right. A lot of things going on. These are important things. Like they if are. I'm, if I'm like, if money's on the line, I might play DMX. You know what I'm saying? Like, mm, true. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like if I'm going for the juggler, like <laughs> if I'm just it's vibing out though, it's, it's, it's miseducation. It might be camp low. It might be mm-hmm. Drake, you know, mm-hmm. 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 wait, what's that new whiz kid song? That's like, is it just called oh, like body? I you know love Wizkid. That song is really fun too. That might be in up. there for me. That entire Made in Lagos album, start to finish. Yeah. 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 You just, I mean, with I. So okay. Uh, uh, yesterday, I did an event with. We're we're at the time we're recording on the twenty eighth of June. Did an event with the uh, Southern California Golf Youth Association and. One of the kids was like, yo, like somebody put on some music and I put on WizKid and I played with like seven kids and they were just jamming out to WizKid. So I appreciate that you that you just brought that up. (laughs) You know what? If I couldn't if I couldn't figure out the goddamn camera, well at least I know who WizKid is. Exactly. That's for my youths out there. For the youths. Exactly. True. Drew, what am I thinking about right now? Because this is also my favorite part about having Enzo is that he Jinx, like is such a he's such a fucking cuddle dude. You know, it's cute. Um, one of my favorite. I know The Office is a polarizing show for a lot of people, but I like The Office season one through six. So, but one of my favorite. Uh, oh, oh, you're amongst friends. Um, one of my favorite moments is when Michael was talking about how he wants to like bring youthfulness to the office. And he says, we need to euthanize this place. (laughs) (laughs) That's not the most Michael moment. The subtleties subtleties of the entire series. Yeah. Yeah. Every time I think about you. Every time I them. think about you, I'm like, yes, I forgot about that. I forgot about that line. Sorry, Mark. Genius. <laughs> I'm going to use that this week. Yes. With the youths. <laughs> well, yeah. gang. Now I feel old. How are we feeling? feeling I feel good. great. That was, that was a pretty damn good pod. I'm feeling good. I'm feeling good. I think uh, I Liz think is like, I, I need to go to bed. I feel like it's. Like I mean, I do. It is. Oh, it's midnight, but yeah. um, this is way too much fun to. Uh, I appreciate you guys wanting to talk through this. I hope. Um, I hope at least some person that listens to this can either say, oh, shit. So somebody knows exactly how I feel as an assistant. Or I also hope that they can say, you know what? I'm going to fucking do whatever the fuck I want to do at work. Cause that's what they should do. You know, straight up. Ask good, for, what is it? Ask for, uh, forgiveness, not permission. Ask for forgiveness yep. and not permission. Do that's whatever it, you want right. to do. And if it and makes also, the uh, world better, you'll be fine. 
double freedom rockets to both gales tomorrow for us gale (laughs) listen 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 gale to gale get fucked you know what i mean (laughs) (laughs) that's like Uh, my favorite thing to just yell at people get fucked (laughs) (laughs) um where can the folks find you on the internets so the folks can find me at uh, Safari Liz, and that's with double eyes. Um, kind of sounds romantic when I say that, double eyes. Um, honestly, that's really the only social that I use. I have a Twitter, but I don't use it because I'm too old and I'm too. That's not true. I just, you know, I again, I like troll myself on social, so I don't mm. really like don't keep a huge presence. But hey, people can find me on. Uh, People can find me on Instagram as at Safari Liz, double eyes. Well, someone who and does LinkedIn. follow you and on LinkedIn, <laughs> <laughs> as someone who does follow you on Instagram, I appreciate your humor. Um, <laughs> Thank you guys. I rush to the stories when I see that you've posted one. Um, you are a great follow. So we, <laughs> we appreciate you. you. And I'll be. <gasps> I'll be in North Jersey late August. I'm going to hit you up for this tournament because I'm going to need a partner. Dude, I'm such a lethal pro-am ringer. You have no idea. Yeah. I am one for one. I am. And I'll be that, (laughs) I'll be that bitch. That's like, I've never played golf. And what what are these? What what should I use here? A pitching wedge? (laughs) And hand me the right driver. (laughs) I don't know. The right driver. We back right. from here, Liz. Yeah. Let's do and then it I'm again. I'm gonna take an old man's money. Let's do it. Oh my god, this damn dog! Oh, and so like next to time, do this thing. Yeah, next time we'll have Enzo on the pod. Um, yeah, it's just gonna be knows Enzo. His way around the Riverside app. Jesus so, Christ. Well, I'm his attorney, so no, I'm just kidding. You got to get through me first. <laughs> I'm really glad we cleared up the cleared up the safari list because I I didn't I didn't pick that up until <laughs> until right now. Yeah. So oh, that's that. funny. I was like, so, uh, okay. No, it's just you know. Keep Drew's like, and you guys want to have her on the podcast? What? 